0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Stephen Lamont, and this is The War Room, strictly on Spotify podcast and Apple Podcasts, the talk show where teenagers boast and debate about trending sports topics and try not to take things too personally. Before we get started, I just want to thank each and every single viewer tuning into the show yesterday. It really means a lot to me. Now, in today's segment, we have two very special guests once again. Our first guest is a former varsity basketball player for the John J. Cross River Indians also a former four-time Lewisboro recreational basketball player who I've played against myself. He was a successful rec coach for the middle schoolers in his senior year and is now studying sports media at Ithaca College and is the host of Share the Rock on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please give a warm welcome to Lucas Jaffet. How are you doing, Lucas? Hey, Stephen. How are you? Really glad to be on here. Our second guest is also a former Lewisboro recreational basketball player and coach. He is a proclaimed TikTok star and is studying sports management at The Ohio State University. Please give a warm welcome to Jeremy Stolzenberg. How you doing, Jeremy? I'm great, and Thank you for that awesome introduction. It's going to be fun to be here. Of course, of course. Uh, before we get started, um, I just want to ask how your guys' quarantines are going. Because quite frankly, since I'm a senior and you guys are in college, I really don't care that my senior year was ruined. But I want to get it from your guys' perspective.
1: Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, for me, really, it's just been uh, kind of, you know, in college, you like live with people and you experience, you know, all the things you go through in college together. So just being robbed of that was really shocking and kind of hurts. You know, I really miss my friends up at school and all the connections I made and just the chance to meet more people and uh, just the feeling of being trapped. All of that combined just creates one pretty bad experience. So uh, just the brotherhood connection I had up there is
0: what I miss a lot. Yeah, so for you, Jeremy, since you were in Ohio, uh, what was it like, like, the whole process of uh, finding out that you're going to have to, like, come back home and, you know, pack everything up? Like, what was going through your mind?
2: Uh, Yeah, so when I got back from spring break, like, I thought I was going to just, you know, go back after a week and, you know, continue with my schoolwork and everything, but I get, like, the email and then another email and then eventually school is just like, yeah, you got to get your stuff and leave now. So, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty hectic. We had a, me and
0: my dad drove like nine hours back in one day and then back another day. So it it was, it was a pain, but
2: it's done now. It really sucks though, because I was actually supposed to start being a videographer for the uh, football team actually. Really? In the spring. Yeah, I was supposed to start, but unfortunately that just wasn't able
0: to happen now that I'm home. So, video like for a videographer like are you just going to be taking videos of like highlights or are you going to be at the practices? Like what's uh, up with that? Yeah, I would have been at the practices and then up,
2: upcoming fall, I was supposed to be at the games too,
0: so that would have been yeah. up on, hopefully a act- chance to do that. That's sick. Um, do any of you guys have any information on campus next year and like what's going to be going on or is everything still kind of like going with the flow?
1: Uh, from, well, from what I've been hearing, uh, everything's still kind of fluid right now in terms of we don't really know, like, what might be happening, you know, everything's up in the air, uh, I don't know if you saw the news, but uh, California State University, uh, I think two days ago announced that they were going online, and they're the biggest college in America, so, for Ithaca, they haven't really, I mean, in my case, they haven't really announced anything yet, but it's kind of just wait and see still at this point, which kind of has been for the past few months, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you, have, do you yeah. know anything, Jeremy?
2: Yeah, uh, I haven't really seen anything for Ohio State, but I I don't really feel that great about it just because we are such a big school, and I feel like they're just going to be more on the conservative side because, like, they just have to at this point.
0: So for Ohio State, um, what's the demographic mainly? Is it a lot of out-of-state? Is it a lot of in-state? I know it's got, like, 50,000 students, but do you do you have a range, per se? Um,
2: well, I mean, I only met, like, Maybe, like, five people from, like, out-of-state. Like, honestly, all of my friends are literally from Ohio, and they're really close. A lot of them from Columbus, some from Toledo. My best friend's from Toledo. Mm -hmm. Um, It was was definitely a lot of in-state kids, but you could find your fair share of -of out-of-state kids. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, so let's dive into things right now. Uh, As we know, content is at its lowest right now for sports media outlets, and in order to fill the gap, ESPN has been coming out with lists. The most recent one was the top 10 NBA players of all time. Starting from number 10 and down is Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Larry Bird, Wilt Chamberlain, Magic Johnson, Bill Russell, Kareem, LeBron, and then Michael Jordan. In my opinion, I believe that Kobe should have been higher, and I know that I've only been on this earth for 17 years, and that my young mind might be biased, but I think... The list should go Shaquille O'Neal, Tim Duncan, Bird, then Kobe, then Wilt, Magic, Bill, and so on. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, so, uh, you know, as you mentioned, I'm the host of the Share the Rock podcast, so I'm obviously an NBA diehard guy, and uh, I've been waiting for this list for, you know, quite some time now. Uh, I will have to say, before I say my rankings, I think ESPN kind of has always had a thing against Kobe. I don't really know what it is. Uh, you know, back in 2015, you know, I understand he wasn't really at the prime of this game then, but they ranked him 93rd, 93rd uh, below players such as Brandon Knight. So just an example of how ESPN has always hated, hated, always hated Kobe. So the, the main trouble with me for this list is, you know, when you stack up the, the, these three guys, Shaq, Kobe, Tim Duncan, I think they all had very successful and long careers being the centerpiece for their teams. I think Kobe had a better career than Shaquille O'Neal did overall, but I do not believe he had a better career than Tim Duncan did. Tim Duncan is a five-time champ- five-time champion on the San Antonio Spurs with a stacked team. Kobe also won five, <laughs> two without check. But my main issue with this list, you know, isn't really that. It's with the placement of Bill Russell at four. You know, you have to k- take into account era here, because when Bill Russell played, his only real... kind of, you know, all the other centers were six, 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 seven, and this isn't my opinion, this is just facts so if I had to, you know, give a definitive top 5, I would go Michael 1 LeBron James 2, Kareem 3 Magic Johnson 4 and Will Chamberlain 5, Kobe doesn't make my top 5, I don't think I mean, Kobe is definitely top 7 8 player, but I don't think he reached the heights of players such as Welter, Magic uh, and maybe even Larry Bird, but I would probably take him over Larry Bird, but mm-hmm.
0: Alright. What what are, what are yeah. your thoughts, Jeremy? Um, well, whenever
2: talking about like the best player in any sport, it's really difficult because are you talking about straight up stats, are you talking about accomplishments or is it like a combination of everything? And when I look at when you look at Will Chamberlain, I mean my man averaged thirty points and twenty three rebounds for his entire career. Like that's just absurd, you know? And to have him behind Bill Russell when they played in the same era. Bill Russell averaged half as many points with the same amount of rebounds. So just because he won 11 championships when there was only eight teams, I don't really see how that gives Bill Russell that much of a like a better career than Will. I just don't understand that. But I think it's obvious that LeBron and Michael are interchangeable at one and two, and then the, the next couple can be honestly interchangeable at any spot. It just depends on who you're asking. I think Magic is definitely a top-five player of all time, along with Kareem. So you got your top four there, mm-hmm. and then honestly, you could put anyone else at five. Definitely, you could consider Larry. Honestly, Tim Duncan has had one of the best careers of all time when you look at everything there is to consider. But it's it's really tough because basketball so many like you you do so many different things, especially with the different heights and positions. So I think it's interchangeable. But definitely the top four are concrete for me. Where it's Michael or LeBron, and then it's Magic or Kareem.
1: What one thing I quickly before you talk, one thing I wanted to. I think that, uh, you know, ESPN has Shaq at 10 and Larry Bird at 7. I think that's interchangeable because, again, Shaquille O'Neal is by far the most dominant force. I'm not saying the best.
0: Absolutely, center, absolutely. Purely, He's definitely the most dominant force that I've ever seen. The most dominant
1: force in NBA. Yeah. And, and I just think in terms of, you know, being a force, I think he beats out Larry Bird in that category. Kind of Of course, Larry Bird was... You know, sound in every aspect of the game. He was one of the most well-rounded small forwards of all time, top three small forward of all time. But I think Shaq and Larry Bird, Shaq at seven, Larry Bird at ten, is not that crazy to say.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so. do, you, but do you think that having an impact on life beyond basketball can build up anyone's stock? Any one of these respective players, if you kind of understand what I'm trying to say, because LeBron. Not only is he one of the best players of all time, but he's one of the most marketable players in NBA history. And Kobe Bryant has done so much for his community and the basketball community besides, you know, coming out every week and dropping like 30 points. Do you think having an impact on life that is not basketball can boost people's stock in this top 10 list? Uh from my view, I don't think it really Matters that much in terms of the ESPN top
1: ten because uh, you know if we were ranking this purely on, let's say you know philanthropic work or things of that nature, I think that Jordan might not be number one. You know, I think that Magic Johnson may be a little higher. You know, uh, Kobe may be a little higher. Tim Duncan may be a little lower. So I I mean I think that you know there's a uh, you know in the in the world of uh, you know, sports rankings and journalism, you know, it's important to stay um, very, uh, you know, keep uh, emotion and opinion out of it. It is hard at some points, but I don't think it, personally, I don't really think it plays a huge role in this. But, may, you know,
0: maybe a little bit, but not nothing that would, I don't think, knock people up or down spots. Mm-hmm. So. What are your thoughts, Jeremy? Um, I completely agree, Lucas. It's just because, like... I'm a
2: big football guy, and thinking about it, like, whenever you rank, like, the top players, you don't really consider outside world because there are players who have been accused of murder and other worse things and that have happened in the basketball world. So I don't really see why, it would, like, when you're talking about just, like, a player, it, like, you kind of forget about their outside world because Michael Jordan isn't the best person when it comes to being a person so like and a lot of people still consider it, most people still consider him the number one player of all time so I feel like that doesn't really matter just because you're talking about their sport they play and this is their job you don't really look at anything else that has to do with it
0: mm-hmm. well I'm glad that you mentioned football because let's switch gears a little bit defense and good coaching wins championships in the NFL last year the Pittsburgh Steelers were an absolute dumpster fire at quarterback but had the six best defense and practically carried the team to an 8-8 eight and eight season, and Mike Tomlin so far in his NFL coaching career has not had a losing season. If they get their quarterback right next season, and I believe that they'll stun some people, if Big Ben does not pan out next year, why not bring in someone similar to him, like Cam Newton? Both quarterbacks are big-body gunslingers, and it is easier to pick up Cam Newton instead of drafting someone next year. What are your guys' opinions on the Steelers picking up Cam Newton as a possible option? Jeremy, you, you, you want to take this
1: first
2: second? Yeah, yeah, I'll go first just because I'm a Steelers fan. Um, I wouldn't be completely opposed to it just because, I mean, Cam Newton would be the best backup in the entire league. Uh, he still has talent. The dude is a beast. He's just dealt with injuries the uh, last couple of years. I mean, he's an MVP. He's definitely proven. Um, it would be interesting to see him in a different type of system, such as the Steelers, but um, I do have trust in Big Ben. I've never been a huge Big Ben fan, but I just feel like after watching every game last season and seeing the atrocious play at quarterback, I do believe that if Ben stepped in, we easily would have made the Steelers easily would have made the playoffs. And I do believe this year we ha- they have an easy schedule. And if Ben plays well, there's no reason they shouldn't get at least 11, 12 wins this season. Um, he is injury prone, as you guys know. He was injured the entire year last year, basically. So it would be nice as a insurance policy to have Cam Newton because I don't believe Mason Rudolph is that good at all unless he mm-hmm. made some outstanding progress off of the, over the offseason. But I would love to have Cam Newton back up Big Ben.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna agree, but to an even further extent, uh, I think Cam should actually be the full time starter, even if Big Ben is healthy. You know, I've watched a lot of, uh, uh, you know, every time the Steelers are on, or I, I, I always like watching Big Ben to see how he does because he's always one of the kind of wild cards every year in terms of either he's gonna, you know, throw um, uh, he's gonna throw you know dozens of touchdowns or he's gonna throw a dozen of interceptions. I mean, we don't really know with him, so we all know. But we do know is that Cam Newton you know, when fully healthy and focused is, you know, could be a top, potentially a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. So, last year the Steelers went 8-8 eight eight with a very injured team the whole year. 9-7. 9-7, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> with a very injury-ravaged team. And, you know, if you had a healthy Cam in there, you've got Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner, you know, a pretty good offensive line, decent defense. I think Cam Newton might be the missing piece for this team, I really do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we haven't seen Cam Newton up to MVP for him in a while, but I think that, you know, with obviously the coronavirus pandemic going on now and some time to think and work on his game, I think that Cam Newton could really be the missing piece. I, I really do. He's a big uh, – I would take Cam Newton on, a, you know, any year over Mason Rudolph.
0: So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah. it, this next question is for Jeremy specifically. So, Jeremy, what are your expectations for the Steelers next year? Their draft was solid. They were. Dra- they drafted Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame as their first pick. Do you believe that the Steelers are going to be a good football team next year?
2: Uh, yeah, I definitely do. Um, I was looking at our schedule, obviously, their schedule, sorry. Um, and I my prediction for the Steelers this uh, upcoming season would be 11-5. Uh, they have a couple of tough games. That's why they're losing five games. But I honestly believe they have the best defense in the league at this point. Megan Fitzpatrick, you insert him to the defense, and they completely change up their scheme. Uh, they allow him to play cover one because he's just that good. And they were they were completely locked down going down to the year. Um, a lot of close games. When you look at their losses, they lost the Bills seventeen to ten. They lost the Jets sixteen to ten. Um, nope. A lot of the games are very close last year, and that was with awful quarterback play. Um, I think Deontay Johnson was an amazing rookie rookie wide receiver, and mm-hmm. to have Big Ben throwing to him now would be even better. Uh, Chase Claypool, I was surprised by that pick But he's a nice red zone threat I think he had like 13 touchdowns his uh, last season in college It could work out I just don't know if he's going to get that much playing time Because he's similar to Juju in that he's like a big body guy mm-hmm. But the defense is just, it's it's crazy It's I'm so happy they were able to revive it after losing Shazier They replaced him with Devin Bush And they got Minka Fitzpatrick uh, Steven Nelson and Joe Hayden are top five due doing the league So I think if the defense plays as well as they did last year, even a little worse, and Big Ben is Big Ben, I don't see how they can't make the playoffs, especially with seven spots. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited for this upcoming season. Mm -hmm.
0: Do you have any thoughts, Lucas, on that? Anything to add on Jeremy's point?
1: Just just one quick thing to add. Um, I agree to an extent, I think that in the uh, AFC North, uh, every team – improved significantly this offseason. Uh, you know, Baltimore added uh, Calais Campbell on, on, on defensive line. Uh, Cincinnati added Joe Bengal, obviously, and the Cleveland Browns had significant improvements all around as well, so I think it'll be, you know, a tough battle in the AFC North between those four teams. And, you know, and the, the, the AFC, you know, all, all in all, maybe other than the Patriots, most teams improved uh, significantly in the AFC. You know, even my Jets, I think. So, I just think that the Steelers will be faced with some stiff competition, but I'm probably going to forecast, you know, um, depending on who they start a quarterback, ten wins. I'd say
0: mm. ten wins. I think yeah. you, I think you brought up a great point, Lucas, about um, every team in the AFC North improving because I totally agree with you. the ba- The Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns are stacked with talent on both sides, um, and the Bengals are just that one outlier where they don't really have an identity. they we don't know if their coach can coach. We don't. We really don't even know if their quarterback can play if they're in the right system. Yeah. And to say that the that the um, that the Steelers are gonna go eleven and five, Jeremy, I'm gonna have to disagree. But I can definitely understand where you're coming from because they're gonna have to play some of those teams in the AFC North twice a year. And quite frankly, I don't really know if they could beat Baltimore, and I don't know if they could beat the Browns if Baker Mayfield and uh, what is it Uh Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham, and their coach. I forgot what their Stefanski. If they all pan out, it's gonna be tough for the Steelers to compete against them. But um, but I can definitely understand where you're coming from. And And don't
1: forget, you know, Cleveland added uh, Jack Conklin and
0: Austin Hooper, which were huge. huge. Exactly because they didn't. I in my opinion, I don't think they really needed to address the tight end spot since they had David Najoku. But that Conklin uh, pickup definitely awesome. And they got uh, they got Tristan Wirfs right out of the draft. That's who they got. Yeah that, was, yeah, that was a very good pick. That was yeah. That might have been one of the best picks of the draft by far. Um, so the AFC North definitely very competitive, um, and we'll see where thi- where things go from there uh, starting next season. Even if we even have a season, we don't even know yet. And since we're in the AFC right now, um, let's shift gears a little bit. But other toward the but over toward the Northeast. What the hell is going on with the New England Patriots next year? Their, their best player is a cornerback. Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, buys into Jarrett Stidham, which is their current cor- quarterback. Quite frankly, I don't really buy into the Auburn uh, prospect last year. They have no one interesting on offense. I believe that they're not necessarily tanking, but they're going for that 6-10, and 7-9 range to try and get Trevor Lawrence. What do we expect for the New England Patriots next year? Uh,
1: I forecast uh, six wins. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think that they're a team in major rebuilding transition mode. Um, You know, everybody's talking about obviously uh, Tom Brady and um, Rob Gronkowski teaming up in Tampa Bay, but uh, I think it's going to be worse than that because you know, at least from the Patriots' point of view, because Tom Brady kind of set a culture there of winning that for the last twenty plus years that kind of was never matched by any quarterback we've ever seen and I don't really buy into uh Jared Stidham being the quarterback in the future for them I think they should go after a name such as Cam Newton maybe Marcus Mariota someone like that I don't know if he signed yet but
0: Marcus um, Mariota signed with the uh with the Raiders actually okay okay yeah, yeah so then they should definitely pursue Cam Newton but mm-hmm. uh I don't see anything
1: I don't see a very competitive team here at all uh, I see them you know losing a lot <laughs> definitely and uh I think Pittsburgh is going to be significantly better, for example. So, I don't see them doing any damage mm-hmm. next year. What do you think, Jeremy? Um,
2: This is a very interesting team. Only because Tom Brady did not have that good of a season last year, and they started season 8-0, and I believe they finished 12-4. Yeah. Um, when looking at their regular season last year, they, they held the Steelers to three points, held the Dolphins to zero, Jets to 14, Bills to 10. I could go on. Their defense was possibly the best in the league. In my opinion, I think it was the best in the league. It's a combination of coaching and great talent. They did lose Kyle Van Noy in the pass rush, but they still have Stephen Gilmore in that insane secondary. Um, I don't think the quarterback play really matters for the Patriots because they love to run the clock and run the ball out, and they have a a nice group of running backs with them still. Bill Belichick is still the best coach in the league, as he has been, and I could see them easily uh, sneaking in the playoffs next year because there is that extra spot. Mm-hmm. Um I was looking at their schedule though. Uh they are facing a lot of tough teams. I think they could go eight and eight and make the playoffs though. I wouldn't be surprised. The defense is still it's still very good.
0: I understand that you that you said that quarterback might not be their top issue, but do you find it alarming that next year they could pick up Trevor Lawrence? Because take take this into account. The projected top ten worst teams next year are Jacksonville, the Redskins, The Bengals, Giants, Detroit, Carolina, Jets, Dolphins, Chargers, and Denver. And the one thing that all those teams have in common, despite Jacksonville or Washington, they all have their quarterback. So when it comes to the draft, they're not going to draft Trevor Lawrence because they already have their franchise quarterback. And if the the Patriots get that 22nd spot, they could draft Trevor Lawrence. And then it's just going to be another... Four or five years of Tom Brady and uh, or a Tom Brady like quarterback with Bill Belichick, should we find this somewhat alarming right now? Uh, no, in my opinion, because I think they had a player of that caliber and a Jimmy G a few
1: years ago who they just kind of dumped for no reason. Mm-hmm. I think they I think Jimmy G got traded because Brady was telling Belichick that he was scared that you know he might you know as Brady was aging. Jimmy G would be good enough to take his starting spot. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't really think that the Patriots drafting a quarterback in the first round is uh, realistic at this point uh, because I think they have a lot of other holes to fill before that. I mean, quarterbacks, obviously, are their biggest. But, I, you know, I, I just think Bill Belichick kind of has a history of, you know, not prioritizing quarterbacks in the offseason because of Brady being there but you know now Brady's gone so this might change but just you know basing off of what happened with the Jimmy G situation because that was their quarterback of the future and you know you, he, he took the 49ers to the Super Bowl yeah yeah so, so you, you, you you saw how good he became yeah but I think it's just it'll be interesting to see what happens but you know just based off of
2: history I'm not too confident about Bill, Bill Belichick's ability to address that position what do you think Jeremy just one thing before I say what I had to say. Jimmy G did not take the Niners to the Super Bowl. It was 100% their defense. Sorry, I just, <laughs> I just had to say that. He's right. a game manager. We'll look. We'll talk about that another time. But okay. um, I said that the Patriots. I, I predict them to go. I think they could get easily eight wins. Um, that is not a top ten pick. Um, I don't think. Uh, here's the thing. When looking at the draft, a lot of teams. Uh, you don't know who's going to get injured. You don't know who's going to trade up. You never know. Like someone could just. I mean, who knows? Maybe, for example, the Steelers are just like, all right, screw Big Ben, we're going to trade up somehow. It, you just don't know what's going to happen. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's probable for the Patriots to trade up for the number one pick because I don't think another team would allow them to do that just yeah. because uh, no one wants that to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tre- Trevor Lawrence is very good, and I see him going number one over all the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't see... Or whoever has the uh, other number one pick. Because if you're the worst team in the league, it's obviously the quarterback's fault because it's the most important position, and you're going to take the best player on the board. Mm-hmm. Obviously, bias. I think Justin Fields is better, but let's say Trevor Lawrence is the best player in the league or best player in college, he's he's going to be taken number one, no doubt. Yeah, so I don't think the Patriots have any chance to get him unless they have the number one
0: pick. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now that, now that you brought up the whole 49ers situation between why they went to the Super Bowl, I kind of want to debate this now. Was it Jimmy G or was it the defense?
1: Well, you know, I know what Jeremy's going to say because I've I've known him for a long time and he's going to say the defense. But I think it was both, okay? Because Jimmy G is one of the best in the league at throwing those five six-yard passes, you know, Kittle or Debo or whoever. And, you know, you can say, okay, Mostert had a really good playoff run or whatever, but we can't count out the fact that Jimmy G was pretty accurate up until that point. Obviously, he, he he never really threw the ball that much. You know, he... He had the ability to hand it off the most or hit Kittle on a quick throw or whatever. But let's not sit here and act like Jimmy G did not make some decent throws on the way to the Super Bowl. But, you know, if I had to pick one, I would say they had a really strong defense, probably best tight end in the NFL. But Jimmy G wasn't your, your average quarterback. So let's let's drop that. But mm-hmm. I I would go with the defense. But, again, Jimmy G was important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I,
2: okay. I might have ever said he's not bad by any means, but he's definitely not a top 10 quarterback. Maybe top 15. Uh, they held a lot of, they had a lot of teams, uh, they let the Browns score three points, Rams score seven, Redskins zero, Panthers 13. Their defense was stellar last season. They had probably the best front seven in the NFL. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah. although they lost to Forrest Buckner, they had him last season. Eric Armstead, uh, Nick Bosa, you just slot him in. Dude, it was insane. Uh, they, Fred Warner, like Quan Alexander, I mean, they were just unstoppable. They had Richard Sherman too and Jimmy War I mean, their team was just so good defensively and they shut teams down. I mean, how do you think they beat the the Packers? Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback and they, they stopped him. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Jimmy G is good. Don't get me wrong. He won games when he had to, especially that forty uh, 49er, nine or forty nine versus Saints in the regular season. He shut up that was in that kettle, game. But well, sure. no, I mean they dropped forty eight points, so that's all that, I'm saying. That's true, that's true. <laughs> um, it's just the fact that when you look at the Super Bowl and you look at what went down, they scored 20 points and they didn't really do anything when it mattered. He had that one throw to Emmanuel Sanders where he just overthrew him, and they could have won the game right there. If you're a top five quarterback, top ten quarterback, and you're in the Super Bowl and you led your team there, you're the one who's going to make that throw to win the game. Who did that? Patrick Mahomes. That's why he's the best quarterback in the league. Yep. Jeremy Garoppolo, as of right now, is a game manager. He can make that step. We'll have to wait and see.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And here's, here's another question that I wanted to ask you guys. So, as we could probably tell by now, within, within the next two to three years, the 49ers are going to be a top-five team. And in order to sustain that, obviously the quarterback position is very important. And, um, crap, what's the name of the court, uh, the 49ers coach again? Um, oh. Right, Shanahan Kyle, Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan could be upset with Jimmy Garoppolo when... They reach the the NFC championship or the Super Bowl and Jimmy Garoppolo just doesn't have that edge of winning those big games. Could we see in the near future the 49ers moving off of Jimmy G? Uh well, if you're referring to their Super Bowl loss, I think that was more a fault of, you know, Kyle Shanahan not really knowing
1: how to perform in the clutch, you know. That's not the first time. You know, he's choked a lead in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. Yep. So, so, uh, if they do, I think it's not fair to Jimmy G. You know, it wasn't his fault. I mean, you know, when you're up 20-10 to 10 with seven minutes left in the Super Bowl, that's not the quarterback's fault most of the time. That's the that's a result of either bad clock management or bad play calling. So, I just think that they might, but they would be wrong to do so. I don't think that, you know, unless they make a trade or some someone pops up on the free agent market, I think Jimmy G should be their quarterback for going into the future.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this is very interesting, only because, um,
2: I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't know who else they could, like, move on to. Uh, and it's still early. I mean, he's only been there for, what, like, three seasons? So, and he was, he tore his ACL, one of them. So, I mean, who knows? They might make it back to the Super Bowl again this year. I don't see him winning, but, but it, it really depends. Because, like, to what extent, like, how far are you going to go until you give, you, you can't, like, just give up on someone if you keep going to the playoffs every year, really? I mean, it's not like Aaron Rodgers is top five quarterback in the league. He's only won one Super Bowl, and he's only been once. Have they given up on him? Well, maybe now they have. But <laughs> you see him, but they haven't for a while, as you see my point. You, you give someone some time if they keep if they keep performing well and going to, this, to the playoffs. I mean, Drew Brees only went one time, and he won. But mm-hmm. they keep messing up year after year. Are you going to say you're going to give up on Drew Brees because he can't perform in the playoffs? Of course not. You're going to keep sticking with him. Because... You don't, you don't want to make that drastic change because football, it's so complicated to learn when you get into a new system, even though it's going to wear the same
1: way or even better. So mm-hmm. I think they should, they should definitely keep him for now
0: because there's no reason to get rid of him. All right. Amazing. Uh, so before I let you guys go, um, I just wanted to thank you guys for hopping on the show. Uh, it meant a lot to me. Um, I had a lot of fun talking and uh, debating with you guys. Uh, Jeremy, Lucas, I wish you the best of luck on your podcasts, and your TikToks, and your tuk and whatever, um, so, uh, um, thank, you. thank you, man, I, I appreciate it, so I'll see you guys later, okay? Thank you,
1: Stephen, have fun. Thank you, right. you Stephen, appreciate
0: it. Well, this is it for today's segment of The War Room, tune in tomorrow for the next episode, and I'll see you guys later.